Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experienced to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland from Level Up. Today, I have a student with me who's an amazing person. Name is Josh Sanchez. Josh, welcome to Level Up. Can you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to come on this podcast, Level Up. And pretty much, I'm a graduate student. I'm studying uh, to be a mental health counselor. And uh, I've also, over the past couple years, I've started to develop uh, a love for astrology. Um, so that's been a lot of fun, too. So hopefully for my future practice, what I want to do is I want to be able to, depending on whatever clients you know, feel most comfortable, um, combining both astrology and psychology into one, into my future sessions. So that's the goal one day. Oh, that's amazing, actually. Now, what made you decide you wanted to do psychology? Yeah, so it's actually, uh, I, in, in undergrad, I was trying to figure out, you know, we all have that question, what do we want to do? I've always had a passion for helping others because I'm the oldest out of seven siblings, four on my mom's side, three on my dad's side. So, like, I've always been, like, that nurturer, caretaker of my siblings. So I've always had that passion for helping people. But I went into undergrad, I was like, I don't really know what I really, I know I want to do something with helping people. So teacher is the first thing that came to my mind. So I studied education and communications, and then eventually, in the beginning of my sophomore year, I did one, I took one day of field placement for a teacher, and I was like, this is not for me. Too many academic standards to follow, like it was just too much. And also the teachers were getting treated horribly. That's a whole other topic that we could talk about for a Right, time. yeah. But yeah, so then I took an intro to psych class as like an elective of uh, my fall, uh, fall semester, sophomore year, fell in love with it, loved my professor. She was so cool, down to earth. She just introduced it, and then it was just an instant spark. So then I took that. I ended up, like, taking classes over the summer to make sure I can graduate on time. But to answer your question, that's pretty much how I got into it. Uh, I've always, you know, I've always had that passion for helping people, but that sophomore year of undergrad really – uh, I got to give a shout out to my professor. She really like taught just the way how she taught. It was just so like down to earth. And I was able to connect some of the things from astrology to what's actually going on in my own life. And I love that. I love learning about stuff that's like you're currently going through your own life and you're able to implement it into your own life. So love that stuff. So, yeah, that's amazing. I think you were trying to find a purpose or what you're good at and connect it to a career. And the fact that you did that is amazing because you're going to be intentional at every level of whoever you're going to help in the future. So 
I will be calling you. <laughs> Josh, help! Uh, I need some <laughs> some chicken today for sure. That's awesome. Do you have like um, kids, pets? <laughs> yeah, as well. I'll make sure to call you as well. I love <laughs> what you're doing for your podcast, and you're also a really good healer too. So I, I like the term spiritual healers. Yeah, um, that's something that I really like to say. Yeah, I think when you combine people with their passion of just sharing your story to inspire and inform others that you too are going through adversity. Sometimes, even though you don't know who it's affecting, it's actually helping others saying, oh, they're going through adversity. What did they do different to get out of that feeling, to get out of that rut, to get out of that self-pity, right? And so they did this and they did that. And, and we only learn through stories, right? Because that's real life. Like it's not in the textbook. It's not a theory. We're going through it. And this is what I did. What I did might not work for you, but what others did similar to your situation might work for you if you try it. So that's one thing I love about podcasts with my podcast is that aspect of it, right? It's not perfect, but it's someone's life and, and journey. Do you have any kids or uh, pets? Um, no. So for me, I don't have any kids yet. I'm, I'm still very young. I'm only, I'm only 24. But I do have some like role models and people that have been in my corner. But I've realized this too, like through studying psychology and stuff, the importance one person has on your life, whether that is good or for bad, like the importance one person has in your life is so crazy. Um, so for me, I have a couple people in my corner that I really like love and appreciate and that I can always go to. And that's something that I've really had to learn through studying and learning more about myself. So my girlfriend is definitely one. She's someone like we both met in undergrad. She's very down to earth. Me and her were able to talk about a lot of things that's going on in our lives because we both come from families that have not been very stressful. Um, but she's someone I really go to. And, and another person is my grandmother. Uh, she's another person that ever since I was a childhood, because I've always had shaky relationships with both my parents, my dad being in and out of my life. That's definitely something that me and him had to work on, and we're a lot better now. But then my mom, too, like I've had to be the parent of the parent sometimes throughout my relationships. But with my grandmother, she was always been someone that has always been one phone call away, whether I realize that or not. Um, I've definitely realized in it now. Like whenever times get very stressful, I usually give her a call. She really helps just reground, like, Josh, like you're on this path to really help others and be there for others. Um, so she's been great. So to answer your question, although I may not have kids or, or a pet, I do have two very important people, and obviously my siblings too, but a, a couple of wonderful people in my life that I can always go to whenever times get rough, uh, tough. And, and I think for everyone listening, that's something that you guys should think about too, is who are some important people in your life? Whether that for some people it's their kids, for some people it might be an animal, Who's that, who's that important figure in your own life, you know, that you go to when times are tough? Because it's life, you know, like it's a journey at the end of the day. And not every time, not every day you're going to wake up and everything's going to go your way. There's going to be times when things don't go your way. And, um, so that's to answer your question. Uh, those are the those are the two people I can really I go to and love. That's good because you're right. Sometimes you just need a little help. You know, you break down, you're human, not robots. So, yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about how you became a student, what kind of accomplishments or challenges have you had in your journey? Yeah, so so for me, 
like financial insecurity is something that has been a consistent theme. Uh, and for me, like, especially going into undergrad and also now in graduate school, finances has always been a challenge that I've always had to deal with. So undergrad, I tried to live on campus for a year. I, I studied at Cabrini University. It's in the King of Prussia area in Philly. Uh, it's a really, it's a really cool little school. Um, I went there because cost, it was a lot more cheaper than the other big schools and stuff. But even that was also a little overwhelming for me and my family a little bit. So that is a challenge that I've always had to face. Um, but after freshman year, I switched to being a commuter to save money. So I would wake up hours before my actual class because the, there's for people that are in that area, the Philadelphia area, there's a thing called the Blue Route bumper to bumper traffic by 9 a.m. every morning. So I would have to get up at 6 for my like, well, for 8 a.m. I would get, yeah, I would have to get up at 6, make sure I'm there, beat the traffic. And then also I would stay later and stay on the computers and stuff because I didn't get a laptop until graduate school. Mm. So that was something where it's just like finances. I didn't really have the, the financial opportunity that a lot of other people have, but I made it work by using the school's computers. I stayed later, went in earlier, and, and I realized it's like, once you really find something you're passionate towards, like you have that intrinsic, that internal motivation, you're going to take those extra steps to finish that extra classwork, maybe a week in advance that other people would have waited till like a couple days prior. Um, that's just what I did. I had learned a lot about time management with that because I realized like when I went home, I don't have a laptop or right, now I would have to depend on my libraries and depending on my schedule and their schedule might not line up. So if I stay later for these extra couple hours and get my classwork done, that's like a time management skill that you, you learn, you know? So um, to answer your question, that was something that was really challenging for me was just the finances of school. And um, for people that have the money to do it, power to you. And then for the people that don't, I know that there's grants and there's scholarships. There's a lot of stuff there, but even that might not even, not even be enough too. And just know that you're not alone either. That's something that uh, uh, some of my best friends that I connected with in college that really helped me. Because I felt like I was alone. I was like, dang, like, am I the only one staying here? Or am I the only one that has to get up this early to, to go? I, like, I wish I did have some more. And then I met some people in undergrad that some people were taking the public transportation to come to school. And we really bonded and connected. And we ended up working together to get some of our assignments done. Um, but just remember, you're not alone either with whatever you experience, too. So to answer your question, that's one of the challenges that I did have to face. That's good, though, because I think it taught you grit. It taught you resilience. It taught you perseverance without even knowing because you just did it, right? It was a necessity. Um, I do want to talk about the two podcasts that you created in your school's radio and your internship. Talk to me about oh, that. Oh, of course. So um, when it comes to my internship, that was a wonderful experience. So before the internship, I created a podcast. Uh, it was a sports and mental health podcast, sort of, but it was mainly just sports. It was like my first ever, like, because I've always been very social and I didn't realize it because I, I have this clash between myself where I have a social side and someone that likes to stay home. Um, but the pie, podcasting in general has helped me branch out and be more comfortable with sharing my story and stuff like that. So my first podcast, Swoop Radio, uh, me and my best friend Dante, uh, he lives in North Philly. Shout, I got to give a big shout out to him. Me and him met in a communications class um, in undergrad. 
and we just instantly connected. Like we just talked about sports. We're talking about the Eagles around here. We love our Philadelphia sports teams. It's very passionate. Uh, this is one of the most toughest fan bases to play if you're an athlete. So good luck. Um, but me and him instantly connected. We we interviewed athletes around the Philadelphia area. We talked about the Eagles, Phillies. Did some sports topics. Did some 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 debates. Uh, we did that for a couple years, and then my best friend Dante he ended up he ended up having a child, so he had to step down, and uh, and he couldn't have the funds to afford college anymore. So he took a step back, and I continued that podcast throughout undergrad. And then that led me to my internship my junior year. So I got a chance to intern at 6ABC Philadelphia. And that was a really mind-blowing like experience for me because I've always had this passion for putting myself out there, you know, meeting reporters. Like I got to work on this high school football show. It's called High School Huddle. And I would travel all around the PA and Jersey schools, interview some athletes in the process, um, and just report stats, statistics, so that way – so that way, like, we can report it back on time because we have to meet that deadline, which was, I believe, it was Friday nights at 11 o'clock. And that's the thing with the news. Any news channel, you have to hit that deadline because if you don't hit that deadline, uh, you, the whole that the program, it gets wiped out. And then all the viewers, all they see is just a blank screen. And no one yeah. can see that. Yeah. So um, that was a lot of fun. So I got a chance to – I met some of the cool reporters um, Jim Gardner is a famous, famous reporter in the Philadelphia area. If you if you tune in to Channel 6, you see his face. He just retired a couple months ago. But I met him. I met Alex Trebek. I met Charles Barkley. I've had some conversations with some um, some wonderful guys. We just talked about life. Like, what, how, like, how did they end up getting to where they got? Alex Trebek was, I'm not going to lie, I was so nervous, intimidated to ask him a question because he knows everything. I was just like, wow, like, what question should I ask you that you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was re- so that was a really cool experience. Um, I-, I loved it in terms of the social aspect. But then I started to realize, like, how news stations operate. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to 6ABC, but that's just the product. They're just a product of mm-hmm. the system at hand, which is all these news stations are in constant competition with another. Mm-hmm. And it's all about who breaks first, who mm-hmm. gets that story out first. So when it comes to actual, like, reporting and getting the actual facts and getting, like, you know, like, the real truth out of everything, that kind of gets put in the back burner because it comes down to what article gets out first. Mm-hmm. And then that's when biases come in, and that's why you have all the clash between the news stations. Um, so I realized that, and I was just like, yeah, that's not it's not for me. Like, I'm someone that, I'm, I'm a spiritual healer. I'm someone that wants to, to get the truth out. So what happened was I took, I ended up graduating. I got my bachelor's in psychology and got my bachelor's in communications. And then uh, I ended up just backtracking, rediscovering, like, what do I really want to do? Because I really want to help people. So I took a gap year. And then going into literally this time last year in the, in the summer, I was like, okay, I want to go to graduate school. I want to become a mental health counselor. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm called to do. And then when it came to the podcast, I was still doing Swoop Radio, but I was losing passion towards it just because it was just reciprocal. Like every once in a while, I'd have a great interview with a guest about like their journey through like finding love for the game or just the mental aspect of the game. So then I wanted to find a deeper purpose. And that's when your spiritual best friend came out. And that was uh, 
I, I literally, this time last year, I dropped the first episode of it. And it's great. I connected with a lot of people, a lot of spiritual healers. I ended up doing wisdom talks once a week. That's where I met you. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and like, it's just like that, the purpose of just healing and being there for others. That's really what the podcast is about. And with that, with with the with the discovery of that your spiritual best friend and also doing the wisdom talks i've met a lot of new people gotten the podcast out a little bit more and it's been a great wonderful journey and now i'm starting to do astrology one-on-one chart readings for people for anyone that's interested in that just getting your chart read and learning a little bit more about yourself so like that's the next steps that i'm taking for this next upcoming year so it's been a very exciting journey and then once i get my master's obviously that'll be the the best the highlight I, 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 yeah it'll be like a really super highlight um, yeah so i can't wait really oh thank you i appreciate it and it really is just a journey at the end of the day like we're not just very rarely are you going to have someone that has that one set clear direction mm-hmm. and follows it all the way through their life there's going yeah. to be moments where you're going to have to change or like what you have been doing it's not what you actually like feel like like it yeah. doesn't like feel right you know yeah. so that for me I've definitely experienced that a couple times and I've learned to just be humble with it and appreciate the journey day in and day out so it's called self-discovery right like yes. every day in life I think we discover ourselves and the the ones who are in tune and self-aware are the ones who are going to discover more about their passion and how often it is how often is it that we actually have to work on something that we really are passionate about, right? And helping people is something I could see you do. I also major in communications in my bachelor's because I wanted to be a journalist. And when I saw what journalism was all about, it just cut through my moral and ethical standards. I was like, I'm not willing to do that. I'm just not. Like you said, there's truths and then there's their truths, right? And and. I just wasn't doing that. So I was like, no, that's not going to be happening. But I love business and I love, I I didn't say I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to be a teacher. That's not really what my goal was. I've had a couple businesses and my family's into business. I've grown up in business, international business. So that's kind of like my excitement, right? And then when I love helping people, even in high school, I've got the key to the city that I lived in because as a high schooler, I graduated early and I had like a thousand or twelve hundred hours of volunteer in my local hospital. So I know I love giving because I'm not a rich person and time is something that I could trade for giving. But at the same time, like you said, it's a journey. You don't really know until you're there. And even then your goal right now, and I love the fact that you said you need to be flexible because you don't know. You have a goal, but I believe your destiny is already there and it's kind of written. It's just a matter of like which fork today, left or right, right? And depending on which <laughs> fork you're taking, you don't know what's in under that door when you open it, right? So that's pretty cool. Now, has recent COVID-19 pandemic affected your life as a student? Yeah, uh, yeah. so actually uh, a lot actually has changed since the beginning of COVID-19. So I we got a flashback. So before that happened, like that was my graduating year. So like for me, like imagine putting in so much work for something, you know, and then all of a sudden this pandemic happens and everything shifts from the physical one-on-one or not one-on-one, but the physical like human interaction classes to now everything's virtual. 
with a couple months left until you actually are ready to graduate, you get done that. And for me, like similar to you, I, I also did study communications as well. So I was studying journalism at the time too. So I had my big senior projects that had to get adjusted and shifted to virtual, which, cause, which hurt because I know I had to interview some people. I had some interviews lined up literally that, that I had to reschedule and figure out on Zoom. Luckily, we do have Zoom and we have other platforms that we can connect virtually, which has been great. But that's something that completely changed. And then actually when graduation happened, I have so many siblings in my family. So like first the, the, the graduation got pushed back to late to the late summer. And by then we can only bring two people. And I was already very nervous because I don't want to get my siblings COVID or get them sick at all before any vaccinations and stuff came out. So I chose not to go. I just got my degree virtually. So that was something that definitely was a little killer for me because like I put in so much work, like uh, this extra hours of commuting early in the morning and staying late. There were some times I would come home at like midnight. My grandma's texting me, where the heck are you? And like, I, those were all the things that I was remembering. And then to not be able to walk with my friends, that was something that definitely hurt me a little bit. And that's, part of what led me to take that gap year is just because I just needed a break just because like it was just constant school work school work school work school work I had like it was just so much so that's one way how how COVID or a couple ways how COVID really affected me and then what ended up happening was because what happened with COVID everyone was staying inside the house more with me, there was no privacy in my house. I was trying to run a podcast. I, I love I love my siblings to get to death. I love I love my mom. I love my grandma to death. No hard feelings to them at all. But between that and a couple pets that they have, it, it, I had no privacy. Me and my girlfriend, like we would, I would always go see her because her place was just quiet and I could just chill. You know, like there was there was always something going on. So I ended up moving out. So I built my money up in the beginning of pandemic. Towards the end, I moved out. So now I'm living on my own. I've been doing that for a year and a couple months. It's been great. I just, I realized how badly I just needed a space to just breathe and just relax. Because for me, I've never had that. Me and my brother, we shared, we shared our room. I've always just been around yeah. craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, so like that was a complete adjustment for me too. So during my gap year, I moved out. I paid off my car. I, I I learned how to live on my own a little bit, you know, get the get the beginning stages because you learn so much when you live on your own. Adulting. So the, yeah, adulting. <laughs> like because yeah. I mean I'm still lucky. I have my grandmother where like she's an old school Italian lady. So if I ever was hungry, she would always have a plate of spaghetti and meatballs, homemade, fresh, and I can always go and eat. But that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> other, other than that, they're like adulting. I definitely had to learn a lot. Yeah. So that was during the gap year. And then once I got comfortable, then I was like, all right, let's 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 take on this next challenge. Let's do graduate school. And now now I know for me, once I graduate graduate school, I will make sure 100 percent that I will walk. And uh, I hope nothing happens because uh, I still have a year and a half left of my of my program. Not to and jinx I, you. I, not to jinx not, you, but not, we we, we don't know what's happening anymore. We used okay. to think we used to predict we used to take take for granted that we're able to go to the grocery store and not worry about toilet paper 
right? Or that was a 2020, like toilet paper. I'm like, I never, I don't. My husband bought us 60 toilet papers from Amazon. And I don't have to go to a two hour line. We're good, you know? Um, but it, it's has been crazy. It's been a lot of craziness, but I'm glad that you stayed in there and you really worked hard where you need to be. But what is your favorite thing about like being a student? Um, I, I love, I love, I just love how easy access it is to like learn new knowledge. I, I love it. Cause I know for like at Cabrini and Eastern, they have databases of like thousands and thousands of like published articles about specific theories or, or about specific topics on psychology. I've always been interested in learning more about the mind and I just love how easily accessible it is. It's literally just one quick search away in their database to pull up some articles and stuff and to learn new information. Also like I know textbooks can be a little bit a little bit expensive, but there's been some textbooks and some books through my classes that I've read that have been great. I loved it. You know, like once you find school is good for like for people, once you find what you're passionate for and you want to expand your knowledge on that specific degree, that that's when it's great. Where, where it gets a little question is where you're undecided and you're taking classes and you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. But it, I know and that, and that happens Yeah. for those people like that happens, but college is really good. Once you have your degree, that you want and you have it put in stone the access you have the accessibility you have to expand your knowledge on that specific topic is what I love that's why I love uh, the college and the university atmosphere I also love my professors I also also the in the internal networking to opportunities that you get I've met a couple people through my professors uh, there was this place in uh, in the Philadelphia area. I, I actually attended a couple workshops through networking. And uh, this one guy, I just met him a couple months ago. He does psychodramas. And I was complete. I was learning how to run a psychodrama session. And that was something where I didn't learn at all. Like, I didn't know what a psychodrama was. But that's just through the networking opportunities that you get through if you have a good professor. Wait, um, that's, that's another thing. I so, want to know what psychodrama is now. <laughs> Explain <laughs> in like three sentences. What is psychodrama? <laughs> psychodrama, it's it's an action-based type of therapy. So what it is, is you, the, if you're the therapist, you're playing as the director and your client is the protagonist. Oh. So pretty much like it's, it's broken down into three parts. So there's strength-based, there's strength-based psychodrama where you pick a strength that your client wants to work on, and then you, and they use the empty chair technique. So, like, you're pretty much talking to your strength, and then you're flipping roles where you're strength and you're talking to yourself. So, for people that are struggling and have that internal conflicts, so, like, for me, it was my self-confidence. So, when I did it at the workshop, I literally, like, I picked, like, an object that resembled physical, that, that resembled, sorry, self-confidence to me. And then I put it, I put it like facing me or wherever I wanted to put it in the room. And then I talked to him. I was like, hey, like, and it's just like a role play dynamic. And the therapist, your job is to facilitate that. Mm. Like you, like you ask questions to build off of that interaction. It's actually really good. Uh, it can get really serious though, especially for people that have experienced a lot of trauma. Uh, like for instance, like for me, like if I really wanted to take it to a deep level, I would have like a session where like I would visualize something as my dad and have a conversation with him 
And that would be probably very intense, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's like a quick summary of it. But like, thank you. Because I was thinking, I'm like, oh, everybody can have psycho moments. Like, oh, I want to see that. <laughs> like, seriously, we all comes with baggage. If you say I'm mm-hmm. perfect and I don't have a baggage, you're lying to yourself. Let's be honest, right? Everybody comes with a baggage. And psychodrama i'm like okay psycho and dramatic oh i like that you know what i mean like that's what i was just thinking i'm like explain what does that mean so that's good thank you for sharing that now i i like that you said you know you love your professors but what do you like about your professors is it because of the like i know you were probably an on-ground student where you see face to face and then when you probably at the end switch to remote like what has changed or what do you think you wish that your professor would translate from face-to-face to remote? Yeah, I, I just wish that my professors, they added like an extra space where like we can all connect outside of the classroom remotely. I know that's harder because mm-hmm. like what happened was if you met face-to-face, they had like, I know they have virtual office hours, but like me and a couple classmates after class, we would stay and talk to the professor, you know, where schedule another time where we would talk to the professor as a group and we would just like vibe and connect that way. Whereas like when it switched to virtual, because it happened so quickly, I know they've probably done a lot better now since I know for graduate school, for me, it's been a lot better. But I remember at that time, because like so much was happening, like we're getting ready to graduate. And like, there was moments where like me and a couple classmates who wanted to talk to our professors, but they're also adjusting to everything too. So that was something that I wish that could have changed was just adding that extra block of day where you and a couple people can come in virtually and talk to your professor. It was hard just because they're trying. I also, I'm, I'm someone that also understands like there, it's a big adjustment for everyone at that time period though, but that's just a little nitpick. though. Other than that, like, it was pretty amazing. I mean, That's good. That's yeah. a good experience because a lot, like I've been teaching online for a while now. I've been teaching higher ed for 10 years now. Um, graduate, associate, certificate, master's, all the way to doctorate. My, I did K to 12 as well. I think my youngest student is four, four to five years old. Um, so I told pretty much all subjects in K to 12. And then with higher ed, I think my oldest student is 74. Yeah, 74 years old and uh, military second career. So I have a lot of military students uh, actually in my other class. And so it's it taught me a lot of experiential learning because I always tell them, I'm like, guys, you're in this class because I know something of this. At the end of the day, experiential learning is the best because this is a theory. What I want is transferable skills because you go to college to get that experience. Obviously, we're not face to face. We can do physical things. But I'd like to discuss in things like when I talk about chain of command, no other industry understands chain of command than the military. Okay. So when business talking about chain of command and CEO, I'm like, eh, who's in the master chief in here? Tell me about chain of command. Right. And so this, the students could actually understand what chain of command really means when it comes to military. And then we compare it with what it means in business chain of command and see the difference and also the similarities that they have that you could actually take already from your experiences to inject within whatever final project that you're doing, so doing final project. So if you were to tell your professor, are you doing online right now, by the way, or face-to-face for your master's program? Yeah, so for my master's program, I'm just do, I'm doing completely online. So I'm very lucky to have, I found a great program that does it all online. So, so my question is, 
Is there anything that you would tell your professor right now to say, hey, I would love for you guys to do this in general, no particular, you know, teacher? Yeah, so, so for to my current professors, the only thing I wish that you guys would do a little bit more is to encourage more, you know, like breakout sessions and encourage more like hands-on like opportunities, if you get what I'm saying. So like, hey, there's a workshop in this location here. Check it out if you guys are interested in this topic. Or, hey, like I know someone that studies this. Would you guys be interested in him coming on a future class or him or her coming on a future class? I just wish my professors did that a little bit more because mm-hmm. especially with virtual because like for me like I met those like workshop opportunities through my professor in undergrad through and uh, through a conversation about just like life and journeys outside of the classroom if you get what I'm saying so that's what I would wish to my professor yeah I think that is a lot too because I think professors sometimes don't know their academic freedom they're limited in their capacity to do things, right? It's not like we can just ask people to come in. It used to be where we can just ask people to come in. We, we kind of know. Now schools have to vet that someone, and the process sometimes takes forever. So instead of, like, putting your hopes high, we don't even ask anymore the school because the school makes it difficult for us to do it. Whereas before, you can just bring people in and have a conversation, right? Or at least give the information. So what I usually do, I do breakout rooms. I also encourage my students to do study buddies because there's days where you come to my class my class are two and a half hours uh, live and so it gets boring you know and I'm like "Mm, no I do music I do breakout rooms I do quizzes in class so we could know the answers and at the same time know why that is the answer right because the information you'd retain more if you actually are not passive but active learning right to immerse yourself in the conversation Um, and the only way you can immerse conversation is through your experience or experiences from somebody else so that's how well thank you for sharing that now um if i could okay this is actually amazing and i hear different answers from this but if i could remove all constraints or all barriers that you face what project would you create and would you only want to be known by this now constraints mean like you can have unlimited help and limited financial backing right it's like 100 percent yours what would be that project oh wow this is a really cool question so it really got me thinking um i know for me like my dream is i would love to create my own like mental health practice where i have a team of people that each specialize in different things whether that is through cognitive behavioral therapy, whether that's psychodramas, whether that is even even more spiritual stuff like Reiki and yoga instructors. And I just want to have a team of spiritual healers mm-hmm. that all specialize in their own individual things and then just create a platform that's affordable and cheap so that way the everyday working class individual can go in, get those resources and not feel pressured financially if they can financially afford these type of resources because that's something that I've realized through just like my own discovery of trying to find mental health and stuff is I want to find help but I there's been times where it just costs a lot of money that's even with insurance Mm -hmm. Um, so if I had a chance to do that I, I have a couple other projects but that's one of the big projects another one I would love to do and create my own like whether that's a tv drama series or a movie series focusing on men's mental health I'm um, mm. talking uh, talking about because for men we've been taught throughout society 
to suppress our emotions, to be the provider of the family. But being a provider can be shown in many different ways other than just financially and having the highest income or working the hardest or being the most physically strong and physically active. Providing can be emotional support. Providing can be the emotional anger of your family or, or your loved one, you know. And I think there's other ways that we can show and be there for our partners and obviously for ourselves too. So I wanted to create like an action drama or like a, that would probably relate a little bit to sports, have like a sports star. Uh, I thought about this over the pandemic and also during the winter while uh, I got COVID a couple times. Oh um, my God. Yeah. But when you sit in your room, you think of all these ideas. Yeah. Um, so Busy. That was something, yeah, if I did, if I had all the money and I had the right staff to and the right team of people, I would create a little like sports drama series involving an athlete dealing with a lot of mental health conflicts, but also having the pressure of being the star player on the team. You know what I mean? Because that's what a lot of a lot of men can have can relate to that in some sort of way, not just with sports, but in life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think men's mental health needs to take more. I know it's scrolling now and it's definitely it's definitely we've definitely realized that there's a problem. Um, but it takes with that, with anything, you know, it's a journey. So I would, those are the two things I would do, create my own little drama series and then also create my own mental health practice where it's affordable and just having just a great variety of team members too. Cause not only I've realized this too, through learning in graduate school too, and also undergrad, not only is it just the type of services you offer, but the people that are also running those services too. Makes like, a difference. Yeah, like, do they represent me? Do they mm-hmm. look like me? Mm-hmm. So, like, having that team of people, having a diverse team of people of men, women, POC, like, people of color, you know, mm-hmm. so having that great team, mine, other, like, minorities as well, having a team of people so that way everyone can feel comfortable, they feel like they un- they feel understood, and they feel heard. So I know that's going to take a long time to develop, but... Don't yeah, give up. Gonna, Dreams yeah. do happen if you're going through that. And you never know. A lot of people are listening to Level Up and maybe we'll have an investor will, you know, will actually call you. In terms of that, actually, before we end, is there any last minute things that you would like Level Up listeners to know? Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing that I pretty much will say before like we wrap up, I know, I know, men, I know we all go through our own journeys at the end of the day. Um, and one of one of the things in my podcast and really, really like what I want to bring is just a platform where you feel safe, you feel secure. And just remember that you're not alone in this journey. There's been plenty of times for myself, especially younger, where I would go through these stress, stressful events, whether that's through my mom, through my dad or through just relationships in general or just life in general. And I felt like I was the only one experiencing those things. And it was up to me once I was able to start opening up and being vulnerable with people and trusting the people that I have in my corner, then I was able to realize that I'm not alone. So just remember for everyone listening to this podcast, you are not alone. Some things that I do say you might resonate with, some things you might not, and that's okay. But just realize that you're not alone. And uh, you can check out my podcast as well, uh, Your Spiritual Best Friend. It's on all the platforms. Your Spiritual and, Best uh, Friend. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. I also love astrology, too. You can also ask me questions about that. Too. <laughs> I'm going to have to start. It. I'm going to have to start. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. I appreciate you coming over. 
Yeah, thank you again for having me and thank you for the wonderful opportunity. Awesome. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. (laughs) 